You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. We have not a lot to talk about, but we do. We have so much to talk about, but not a lot to talk about. Well, okay, a lot to talk about, but not a lot of fanfare. So we're going to get into all of this. WrestleMania Day 2 happened again, no crowd, but it had some of the most uh, regarded matches uh, for the nights of WrestleMania, as some as well as some of the most uh, highly expected matches, including the Rhea Ripley Charlotte Flair match, the Last Man Standing match between Edge and Randy Orton, and what was the Firefly Funhouse match going to be after what we saw in the Boneyard match night one? Then there was the Raw after WrestleMania. WWE went back to live television and will continue live television. Plus, they finally released a tag team that people have thought they have been underutilizing forever. We're going to get into all of that and more this week. Break the ring down. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. The rise to the top, oh yeah. Hey, this is professional wrestler and professional podcaster Colt Boom Boom Cabana. My name is Killer Cross. This is the Smoke Show, Scarlett Bordeaux. What's up, guys? The After Machine, Brian Cage. This is Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees. Sadly, you are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you made a decent choice because you're listening. You are now listening to... And you're listening... And you're listening to... You listen to Breaking Down the Ring. 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 Break it down. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, you are paying attention to the most inappropriate pro wrestling show in the motherfucking world. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring. We are your ring crew. Nick the dick. All right. First, Nick. <laughs> Nick. Now, Smitty, I have to tell you this. Uh, I was looking at the strong. I was looking at strong hand, but uh, <laughs> I'm Smitty, and me, the Almighty One, current Ring Crew Champion, Mikey himself. Mm-hmm. How did the midget stripper find us at our house? Social distancing. Fucking midget strippers. Anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you have been paying attention to wrestling. There are still no crowds. There is still a huge pandemic going on across the entire United States, the entire world. Um, We have a lot to get into Uh, because of this. It is a much more. What's going on over there, Smitty? Uh, Somebody's on a phone call walking past me. Oh, okay. You can go to, you can mute yourself. So no one else hears all that sometimes, you know, just to give you a heads up, brother. Just give you a heads up. But like I said, we're getting into I'm all set, of this. I'm, I'm setting my way right now. Yeah, yeah, just ruin the show. That's fine. <laughs> He's gone. All right. 
so let's get into all this. Jesus fucking Christ. The professionalism on your end is amazing sometimes, man. Um, let's get into some stuff, man. First off, WrestleMania night two. Uh, it kicked off with a pre-show match. Liv Morgan defeating Natalia. Uh, then it came out. Charlotte Flair became the brand new NXT Women's Champion by making Rhea Ripley tap. Bobby Lashley lost to Aleister Black. Otis defeated Dolph Ziggler in what would prove to be one of the best moments because right after that, after Mandy came out and gave him a help, a little bit of help, he held her in his arms like a baby and then he kissed her like a baby. (laughs) After that was the last man standing match between Edge and Randy Orton where Edge stood on top after catching Edge in a submission and then hitting him with a one as a one-man concerto, putting him down for the 10 count. Uh, the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits, uh, defended their titles against Angel Garza and Austin Theory. The SmackDown Women's Champion, Bailey defended against five, four other women, and she once again remained on top as of the SmackDown Women's Division by retaining her SmackDown Women's Championship. The Firefly Funhouse matches right after that, and The Fiend Bray Wyatt definitely defeated John Cena in one of the craziest type of matches that I or I think anybody has ever seen. And we'll definitely get into that. And then in the main event, the coup de grace, Brock Lesnar, after hitting four F5s and then being hit with four, I'm sorry, yeah, hit three F5s, caught four Claymores and gave out three German suplexes. He lost his WWE heavyweight championship to the Scottish psychopath, Drew McIntyre. Nick, we're going to start America, off with Claymore Country. Nick, we're going to start off with you. How did you feel about WrestleMania Night 2 compared to Night 1 and what really stood out to you? Well, Night 2 I go back and forth whether or not I thought it was the better of the two nights. Um, it had some highs, had some lows. Um, the one high for me as I'm getting a phone call, <laughs> um, <laughs> the one high for me, um, honestly, and I, I went back and I watched it again. The Firefly Funhouse match was one of the high points, honestly. I mean, it was super interesting. Like, I didn't expect that. I didn't know what to expect. And I'm getting a phone call again. Um, but that's okay. As long as you guys can still see me. Yeah. Uh, no, we can't, but that's fine. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I wasn't a fan of the outcome of the Bailey match with, uh, with her retaining the title. Um, not only because I picked Lacey Evans on my scorecard, but I just, I'm tired of Bailey. Um, there I am. Um, and then the edge and Randy Orton match, honestly, that was probably one of the lows for me. I'd, I'd hate to say it. And I'm really disappointed that I have to even say that. But I, mean, right. I can dive into it more. But no, we'll go. We'll, go, we'll definitely go into yeah. the matches in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Smitty, uh, how does compare, night two compare for you to night one? And uh, give me one of your high and your high and your low. Uh, I think for like night two is just on par with night one. Uh, I felt the same way I felt about night one or two as I felt about night one. One of my like my house like my high pretty much was probably the oldest match, Otis Z- Ziggler. 
that's what project I was most interested in going into this whole WrestleMania, and I felt like it didn't I, it didn't disappoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milo actually was like Milo was almost like it was two things that were like pretty much like equally low for me. But if I had to pick one, it would have to be probably the Last Man Standing. Uh, the Last Man Standing match. I felt like first I felt like it went a little bit too long. Okay, and um. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like with the two guys that they had in there, and that was nothing that you had one of the best stories, but the payoff was didn't feel like it was worth it. I did enjoy Mandy and uh, or Otis <laughs> and Ziggler match too with that. You know, it's um, it's crazy to think about that. I, I you know, I had said last, <clears throat> um. Joe's just Joe's trying to log in and he asked what the meeting password is. There shouldn't be any. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, there, with the I was talking about last week how my my high, uh, I'm sorry, my expectations were so high for the match of Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn and how it seemed to have let me down the most. And then we were talking about what was going to be the uh, most expect the match that I had most expectations for on uh, <clears throat> for night two, and that was Edge and Randy Orton. So the fact that that seems to have let a lot of people down the most is crazy to me because it's the only thing, <clears throat> excuse me, that people were really looking forward to. I mean, a- as far as the expectations of a high, great quality match. <clears throat> for uh, WrestleMania night two. And I agree with that. That was my low. It wasn't my low because the match let me down. It just seemed like the match went on forever. Yeah. And it, it, it got a little bit too, uh, it, it, it became a lot more or less, what are you using to keep this person down to, I'm going to keep dragging this person, throw them into something and then hit him with a punch or hit him with a kick. And then hopefully he is down. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it, 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 it wasn't a lot of high impact to me. Certain moments, high impact stuff. Jesus Christ, uh, that would keep people uh, low. You know what I'm saying? Put someone down for a ten count, which is what you were trying to do. He is totally going to do a bong rip right now with that. Dance yes. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, Z. So what we're talking about is WrestleMania Night Two. Um, do you think it is better than WrestleMania Night One? Uh, if not, why? And then what is your high and your low? And we're going to go into the, the talking about the matches as we go on. You don't cough. You don't get off. <laughs> Something like that. Whoa. Uh, okay. So WrestleMania Nights One and Two kind of uh-huh. like intertwined at this point because uh, I was watching SmackDown and I forgot uh, I forgot one of the matches that happened. I was like oh yeah, that did happen. I, I mean, I don't remember it. Um, I can't even think of the two competitors in the match right now. So that was probably my low. Uh- <laughs> well, okay, so Liv Morgan and Natalia were the pre-show. Charlotte nice. and Rhea, Alistair and yep. Bobby, Otis yep. and Dolph, Edge and Randy, yep. Street yep. Profits versus Angel Garza, Austin Theory. The yep. uh, women's ta- the women's uh, championship match. Yo, Bailey, Sasha, Naomi, Lacey, and Tamina. Okay. Uh, 
Firefly Funhouse, and then Drew and Brock. Okay, so maybe it was night one that I'm thinking of because there there was one. It was it wasn't a a main match. It was a mid card match. But anyways, my low would have to be the Edge and Randy Orton on the sole fact that the match took forever, and I yeah. think that was uh, a lot of people's problems with it was the fact that it took forever. It kind of just dragged on, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I mean, the the finish of that match was really good. But beyond that, it kind of they could have quickened everything up. Um, and as far as my high, it was definitely the Firefly Funhouse. Um, it was different. We've we haven't seen anything like that on the screen, and it was really well. <laughs> mm-hmm. It almost it, it's almost what uh, Matt Hardy's Woken gimmick should have been when they did the uh, when they did the uh, the compound match, him and Bray. Right. That's yep. how that should have been. But, you know, you live and you learn. Right. Um, so let's talk about what seemed to be all of our highs, uh, being the Firefly Funhouse match. <clears throat> Smitty, I'll start off with <clears> – jeez, <throat> I'm sorry, guys. I have, like – We got the corona again? No, I just, I just woke up. So, obviously, I'm not cleaning out my mouth and everything like that. You know, swallowing all that shit last night. What's up? Um, <clears throat> Smitty. Yo, the Firefly. Hey, Speaking of swallowing all that shit. Right. You know, that's what I was about to do after asking this question. Firefly right, Funhouse. <clears throat> that was your high? No. Okay. What? Well, what was you? I, I don't remember what you said now because I think oh, Z was Mandy. coming in. Oh, oh, it was Mandy. Yeah. Um, the Firefly Funhouse. Tell me what you did like about that and what you didn't like about it. <clears throat> um, I like it. What I liked about the Firefly Funhouse match is like it brought a whole other, like just pretty much brought um, the whole thing. When I said like the whole cinematic match becoming the thing, thanks to guys like Matt Hardy, it just brought like really those things, and it was really it was really well put together. And I agree with Z, like it was just the way this what they should have did with Matt Hardy's character when he was there. <coughs> so, uh, I do like I do like I like the cinematic the fact that it was one of those cinematic matches. All right, Nick, what would your... It was kind of entertaining. Me and Shannon were watching it. I thought, like, if we watched this on Weed, it would be way better. <laughs> Nick, what were your thoughts on the match? You ever seen the Firefly Funhouse on Weed? Oh, weed. <laughs> I, I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and how much um, better was it, Z? It was, oh, about the same. It was, it was good either way. Now, if you want to take some acid, if you want to take some acid and watch it, a whole different story. All right, Nick, back to you. <laughs> um, my low for the match was I would have I would have appreciated a little more wrestling other than the last 30 seconds of the match. Um, the high for me in that match, it was just it kind of came full circle from what happened at WrestleMania to, you know, everything in between. It, <clears throat> I think it was funny to see John Cena as a member of the NWO. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it, it just there was just a lot going on there, you know. Right, Z. What were your uh, what, what were you loving so much about it? Um. Okay, so when Matt Hardy originally did his broken gimmick in TNA, they had that pool of reincarnation. I think he called it, 
Mm-hmm. And like Shannon Moore fell into it, and then he came back his three count and stuff like that. This uh, this had shades of that as far as going through all of John Cena's gimmicks. Ruthless aggression. Well, I I mean I I, I like I like the progression from ruthless aggression on until they got to WrestleMania, and then they just you know threw in the NWO thing for shits and giggles, <clears throat> but. It was it was cool to see, and it would have been it would have been really fitting had this been like John Cena's retirement match because you kind of got like a whole review of his career, in a sense. Um, right. I, li- I like I, I liked I really liked the production of the match. Now that like like Nick said, there wasn't very much wrestling, but I did like the uh, production of the match and how they put it all together and the little things that they would poke fun at and that. Cena was completely on board with like the creative and like, yeah, we can do that, you know. So, um, I mean, I, yeah, the production was probably the best part of the the match itself. So Joe's here now. Hey, Joe. Hey, how How's you doing, going? buddy? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. Uh, so let's get into what we're talking about right now is WrestleMania Night Two. How it compared to WrestleMania Night One. What was your high and what was your low? Uh, go ahead and give talk to the people about it, brother. You mean my high and low within the Firefly Funhouse match or period within night two? With night two. Um, as much as I hated the Boneyard match from the previous night, I actually liked the Firefly Funhouse match. I just thought it was it was more well done, so I'll probably give that my high. I just I kind of liked the whole match up until the ending. I'll get into that later. Um my low is probably going to be Randy Orton and Edge, just because I was looking forward to that very, very much. You know, the return of Edge. Not that I was the biggest Edge fan before before he left, but it's always exciting to see a good comeback like that. But I just thought the match was kind of disappointing for as much uh, good buildup that it had, and it was it was way too long, way too long. It was like yeah. what was it like? Almost forty minutes. Yeah, almost reached yeah. Iron Man heights. What's that? It almost reached Iron Man, <laughs> Iron Man heights. Yeah, the last ten or fifteen minutes, I was just like, "All right," like I was like tapping the pencil, like wrap this shit up, B. Um, so yeah, that was probably my <clears throat> highs and lows. Yeah, I really can't argue that at all. That's um, now. Let me ask you guys a question, and Z, I'll start with you. Um, the fu- the last man standing match, which is obviously a big disappointment to a lot of people. Um, do you think that could have been saved if there was an actual crowd in this? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but I still think it would have been a little too long. Oh, I agree. I agree with I, that. I mean, there were so many moves like, like you had mentioned earlier, Mikey, that we're going to clearly put you down for a 10 count. Like edge got hit with three RKOs. Most people don't get up from one. Right, right. So storyline wise. So all right, but I mean, the match went on for almost forty-five minutes, and it probably they probably could have cut it down to a half an hour, and and not really cut anything out. Just cut out the dragging of you know you know what took ten minutes to get them back to the bus or up on the bus or you know shit like that. They probably could have quickened that up. Um. But I mean, a little bit, it might have been saved with the crowd, but also it, it might have also been killed with the crowd because people would have got bored after the first half hour and 
that last 15 minutes could have been even worse. So right. you never know. Uh, according to uh, the times that they put up on the results, that match lasted 36 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, Nick, which how felt you... like an hour. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It, it did feel just really long. Nick, do you think that that last man standing match could have been saved with crowd interaction? <clears throat> I don't think it would have felt like as long as it did. I mean, for us, it seems like the majority of us have said it felt like 45 minutes closer to an hour. But when you're telling me that the real time was more like 35 minutes, if it would have been in front of a live crowd, I feel like we may not be sitting here talking about how it felt that long. Um, But yeah, so I think it would have helped a little bit. And then, uh, you know, there might not have been so many times when I, I mean, I felt like there was just nothing happening. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think the crowd would have saved it. Not a lot, but it would have helped a little. Uh, Joe, are you in that same realm? Like, you think that something could have been saved? It could have been saved by a crowd? Yeah, I do. Um, when we were watching it together, you know, on Zoom at the Zoom party, someone had mentioned about someone else uh, debuting or coming out like uh you know, making their first appearance or whatever in WrestleMania in front of no crowd and how disappointing that must be. And I, and I made the remark that it's got to be just as disappointing for Edge, who had been just clamoring to come back for nine years, now made a great comeback at the Rumble to lead into Mania, you know, just dying to get that, that you know, that Mania response after he hasn't had it for almost a decade. And that gets taken away from him. You know, I think that immediately sullies the match. <laughs> Z, are you okay over there? Do you need to hit mute so everyone else can still pay attention to what we're going on here? Oh, can you hear all that? Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> How do I hit mute? <laughs> it's the uh, mute button. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Got it. <laughs> All right, Joe. <laughs> well, Mike just mute you too, like you did me at one point. You said what? As the co-host, I believe you can mute people as well. I can't mute anybody. I, I, this is uh, the podcast Detroit one, not mine. But I think they have oh, to see that. I was co-host. made a co-host. I can mute people now. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, then why didn't you mute me? You I just got the power. <laughs> I got the power. <laughs> all right uh so anyway yeah sorry about that joe uh, cutting you off and everything like that oh no worries um so, <laughs> so yeah um you're exactly- pretty much got my point in you know i, I just it would have been awesome to see just just the entrance for edge with the crowd you know right. after that much time gone i think i think right there like if he would and he would have got a giant pop if there was a crowd that that would have set the tone for the match right off the bat, which I think would have just brought the level of, of excitement up right from the beginning. And it probably would have made it into a better match. I think the cr- a crowd would have changed it because it would have, um, it, it, it would have extended what they could have done in the last man standing match. Plus they would have been around more people. And uh, like I said, my major problem with this match outside of how long it was I don't think the length, I think it still could have been a 36 minute match, but it was just getting, there was a lot of downtime in it. 
right? Like where people are just laying down doing counts and stuff, which is fine. But it wasn't after a lot of major type of moves, right? Like there was that when Edge hit the D, uh, Randy Orton hit that DDT when they were on the truck bed, right? Edge is down for uh, what, whatever the fuck he's down for. I can't remember. Um, the the Edge did a major when Edge went off the top and came through the table, right? Randy was up before Edge was. Uh, in that 10 count frame and it's like wait why is the guy who took the move getting up quicker than the guy who gave the move and there were just things like that that just threw you off that because edge is old right well it doesn't matter ring rust there you know but it, it shouldn't matter randy got up at like a seven count randy should be the ring general right there to know that this guy gave me the move get up when he gets up rather than get up and then him having, uh, you know, the eight count or the nine count to get up after giving them. It was something that was, that, that was definitely a Randy mistake, not an edge mistake. Right Now see that, that would have been something that you probably would have felt different about with the crowd. Cause in those last two seconds, the crowd would have got hyped for edge to get up. But, right. Exactly. So, so now you're, you don't have a crowd. So it, it kind of kills it. And you're like, Oh, well, that was dumb. Exactly. And so my, my, that's why I felt like the addition of the crowd would have made a lot more, brought on a lot more emotion to something that eventually just got fucking boring to watch. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know how, like, we, you know, we always say that wrestling's more about, like, moments than it is, yeah. like, matches. It's real tough to have a WrestleMania moment without a crowd in a situation like that, when there's a big name with a big comeback, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, even look at, I mean, the, the end of Drew and Brock and I mean, Drew probably would have got a huge pop, but yeah. And that was just like nothing, you know, like ah, match. Yeah. That was a match. All right. Now I understand they got to go through the motions, but it's weird to me that they all climb the, the turnbuckle and like show the belt for no one to pop at all. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. know. It, it's <laughs> I awkward for sure. Well, I you still have to play like there is an audience because there is. While there might not be anyone there, seeing him, seeing Drew climb that turnbuckle and hold that belt at home, you're looking at it and go, that looks pretty fucking sweet because of the a- angle that they're cutting the camera. So you know his stuff. Is, Brock is just dead behind him. You know you look you look at it as far as a visual standpoint. You're like, that's pretty cool. That's a great photo. At least in the time that follows this when they do the cuts of the wrestlemania it's going to look good rather than you sitting there going man there is no crowd here and this just seems off because let's be very honest it was off for a few of those matches without a crowd um oh yeah Rhea charlotte sounds like porn so does women's tennis like i don't say that let's let's get into let's get into that yeah exactly some people were like, um, had the complaints about Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley just for the fact that they said without a crowd, you could just hear the noise going, oh, ah, ah. but no one was saying that with the guys, I guess, because, you know, guys don't incite that type of feeling when they're going at it. But there was even someone who said that they had to turn their TV down because people thought that they were watching porn. It's like, have you guys never watched women's tennis? Because women's tennis with sound is ah, ah, ah. (laughs) (laughs) It's 
it is like this. This is kind of worse because it just sounds like someone's taking, like someone's moaning before they get pounded. Because, like, ah, you know, just what's it, going it, on? It's like it's like geriatric porn. What? Can geriatrics even play tennis? No, he said it's like geriatric porn. Okay. I guess. Yeah, we don't know. Like, I guess there's a delay in the ball slapping. No, I, I'm just thinking like <laughs> what one of those uh, dick machines that George Clooney made for his wife the one time. Like, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, what? George Clooney made one of those for his wife? Um, burn after reading. <laughs> in the basement he built one and it's just literally like you sit out on the dick swings you know that's fun that's a good job george clooney way to know what you can't provide <laughs> um so yeah so obviously the crowd you know you hear a lot more of what's going on inside the ring a lot of that major complaint was for Rhea and charlotte but let's talk Rhea and charlotte um you know, there's a lot of people that are angry. Rhea lost. She had to lose. Um, I, I, I wish she would have won because I would have thought that would have been an amazing WrestleMania moment. She to had to lose. She she had to. No, I, look, I get why she lost. I'm not. I don't feel. I don't feel that that um, the outcome was bad. I thought the match was really good. I thought the match made Rhea Ripley look really strong. Um, it made her look like a fucking badass. The way she was taking all of that stuff, all of that punishment, it was a great old school, let's tell a story of me working this limb and how strong you're going to look coming out of this. I get it. I get everything about that. I'm not arguing anything with that at all. Um, even, you know, the end result of it. But there are people who just feel like this was fucking horrible because she lost that match. Joe, I'll start with you because I'm not one of those people. Explain in your words why you feel she had to lose this match. Her visa expired. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Her work visa expired and she can't make it back here with all this pandemic stuff. That I did not know. See, I read somewhere that that, that she posted on Instagram that that wasn't true. That, that was what? Not true? Uh, yeah, I, I and I just I read that she had posted a picture of herself on Instagram and it was her like doing like this and it wasn't true. See, I read an article saying that her work her work visa expired and that she's running into complications getting it renewed because of the coronavirus and all that. Yeah, that and makes sense. Had to take the title off her. Yeah, well, that makes uh, sense. They, they kind of like Jordan Devlin's also in that kind of uh, kind of um, situation. Vote cruiserweight championship. Is that why they took it? Is that why they're doing that tournament to crown a new one? Just to kind uh, of compare with uh, AEW? It's, a, it's an interim, it's a term, uh, crown an interim champion until all this is over. So Yeah, so we're going to have like a Sean and fucking Razor thing with two championship belts when uh, this thing's all over? Probably. Because, yeah, they're calling him the interim champion. They're not saying yeah. that they're the new Cruiserweight champion. Uh, the, what Rhea Ripley posted uh, on Instagram was Yo Wrestling World still in America, uh, which in a video of her at her house in America, in, Flo- in Florida. So um, it doesn't look like that is, is the case. Um, so finding out that it's not her work visa, Joe, do you still feel she well, had I mean, either way, 
the outcome, it was the psych, psychologically best wrestled match on the card. I mean, Charlotte worked the leg the whole match. I mean, it's rare you see that anymore. Um, right. It was just like it was previously mentioned. It was a good old school, you know, a wrestler's wrestler's match. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was a good match. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Nick, so then we'll go, we'll go to you then. Um, what was the things that stuck out to you about Rhea and Charlotte? <clears throat> well, like Joe said, Charlotte working that leg the whole match, and, and Rhea took some pretty stiff shots to the leg. Like there was yeah. one where she was on the rope, and she I think Charlotte may have kicked the kicked her leg out or something. And yeah, was, it looked like damn, a pretty dude. bad bend. Yeah, and, and so – the fact that she played that the whole match, I thought that was great. And there were times when, okay, yeah, you could hear them moaning and groaning the whole time, but there were times that the wrestling itself, I wasn't even paying attention to the fact that they were groaning. It, it didn't bother me, you know? So. Smitty, what were uh, some of the, the highlights of Rhea and Charlotte for you? Uh, the gear, <laughs> ring gear. What? Ring gear. I was really interested in the side of the ring gear. Because of Vegeta? Yeah. That's that's what stuck out to you. Okay. You don't so you do not do not right. shit on my on my hobbies. Oh, oh, oh okay. I don't shit on your hobbies. I I, I too <laughs> like the DBZ ring gear, but there was so much much more about that match that if you just looked at the ring gear, you're kind of an idiot. <laughs> I was all right with the match with, it's with everything except the ending. Like if this whole Rhea Ripley's uh, visa thing is not true, I don't feel. I feel like the wrong person won that match. I feel like no, bit- you're wrong. Here's why you're wrong. She had to lose the match. She's only 23 years old, and you can't put her on the mountaintop just yet. Best thing you had all last year was Rhea Ripley chasing. So now she loses <laughs> this match and has to tap out. The only <laughs> the only thing I didn't like about the match. The fact that she had to tap out. They should have had her pass out or something to make her look a little bit stronger. Now she spends the next year chasing Charlotte and the and the NXT championship, and you can do all that, and then you don't take away any of these other competitors that she will have in the future. If you give it all to her right now, if she does everything right now, you have nothing for her to do going forward. But of course, kind of she po- hasn't even went through everybody in, in NXT, so... But she doesn't have to. She already... She, yeah, that's kind of the point, is she kind of already did by the way she was booked in general. So none of that matters. And at the same time there, Smitty, you got to remember that she was holding a championship that Charlotte Flair wanted to go after. Charlotte Flair made the choice. Charlotte Flair, who us and a lot of people in the wrestling industry and people and the fans as well, Look at Charlotte Flair as the tip of the mountaintop. She is one of the most athletic, all-around gifted athlete, men, man or woman, in that company. So the fact <clears throat> that Charlotte Flair chose her, it already skyrocketed her up into the upper echelon of it. Then it was for that title that was the only NXT title defended at WrestleMania, obviously putting that title on par with the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship. So. <clears throat> What it did is, and then I'm okay with her tapping, and I'm okay with her tapping because of the old school wait, mentality wait, that was wait, in that match. Wait, I get, I get what you're saying. But hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. So, like when Brock Lesnar made Finn Balor tap, we were all livid about that. 
Finn didn't have a limb worked. It was just him getting beat up for three minutes and then got put in a Kimura, I think, for the second time, maybe even the first, and then he tapped. And it made him look weak. Charlotte Flair beat the absolute living shit out of Rhea Ripley's leg the entire match. Rhea sold the fuck out of it. So the fact that she tapped to it, I'm okay with. Would it have been cooler to see a pass out? Sure. But I get that tap, and I don't think that made her look weaker than passing out. So, And the best way to explain... Go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, the best way to explain this to Smitty is Charlotte Flair is Austin, and Rhea Ripley is The Rock. It's going to be a couple... They're going to meet a couple times before Rhea finally goes over. Just the way it should work. Joe? Yeah, now that we know that it wasn't a visa issue, I think I'm still okay with who won pretty much just same reasons as what Z already said. And yeah, it would have been nice um, to see her maybe instead of tap out, but that doesn't kill the match. Otherwise, it was a shot against the whole NXT women's division at that point. No. Bring it, bring it Charlotte Why? back over. Like you're putting the title on Charlotte and they bring her back over to NXT. What does that do to that? What's up for that women's division? Really, it sets it up. Uh, it brings it up a whole nother tier because the person needs to beat her. Needs to be Charlotte Flair to become the champion. Isn't Why? Charlotte going to be wrestling Io Shirai now? Yep, exactly. After this week's after this week's past NX this past week's NXT, exactly. Yep. But Io's a heel so too. That so. um, I, I, that I, I, should I, elevate I, that division right there. Both those. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, Shirai is one of the most underrated women's wrestlers in the world. Smitty, go I don't think that's going to happen immediately because EO's a heel as well. So? Charlotte's not a heel. Charlotte's a heel. Charlotte Flair is not a heel. Charlotte Flair is the same type of wrestler that she's always been since the she tried to be the face against Becky. She's not a heel anymore. Charlotte Flair is Charlotte Flair. She can take on anybody and wrestle the style. She can get cheered or she can get booed. And it's very possible that you get Io Shirai, who is in the same kind of tweener boat, cheered during this match against Charlotte Flair. Yeah, that's that's what I was just about to say. Io Shirai mm-hmm. could play the, the face role as uh, you know being the NXT representative against the outsider. You know, so it, it, yeah, people really need to stop. I agree that back in the day, there was the good guy, bad guy in every match. It's not that way anymore. There's, and it's kind of like been phased out when you would start seeing face versus face. Like Austin versus The Rock at WrestleMania 17. Until the end of that, it was face versus face, right? There are still top-tier matches that can be had without it being good guy, bad guy. However, for elongated storylines, you need to cheer one person and boo another. Currently, Charlotte Flair isn't going into an elongated storyline with anybody. She's going to be going into a couple matches to, that are going to last a long time. And, uh, I mean, the build is going to last like a month, month and a half because of whatever this shit is going on in the COVID-19 world of wrestling. And then she's going to move on and still make these people look strong, look uh like they're badass wrestlers because you don't look at Rhea Ripley and go, wow, Charlotte just buried her. No, Charlotte made her a fucking star. And then so I've, seen, a- I've seen a lot of matches in WWE that were, were intentional burials, and that was not one of them. No, not at all. And I don't think any match that Charlotte Flair goes into 
with this NXT championship because it's Triple H's mind with the NXT championship. It's not Vince's mind. It's going to look good and make the other person look good the entire time. Yeah, I actually think it's the exact opposite of what Smitty said. I think Charlotte representing the NXT brand and carrying that title for a minute elevates their division. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think it brings it more eyes on it and to a higher platform. So, now so Smitty's wrong again. <laughs> Always. I well, mean, it's all just opinion. No one's really wrong, or right? You know. <laughs> no, he's, he's totally wrong. But yeah, I mean, he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Smitty. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, <laughs> he doesn't seem very about, amused. <laughs> he's not, he's like drunk right now. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about a match that. Um, had was more about the storyline that was built around it leading up into uh, this. And that was Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> Smitty, this was something that <clears throat> you were a fan of. That uh, was the, mo- the finishing moment was your high for WrestleMania night two. Um, talk about why it was built so big for you. So the match actually wasn't bad either. So uh, like, I, I like, I, I like those stories that actually like, I, I love wrestling when it has a story into the match and the match just tell the story as well. And like the payoff was like you know, like everything that led up to it the payoff, it just seemed right and it was still it was entertaining. And I felt like everything just kind of fell into place the way it should have. All the build up to the match. Alright, Nick. It was a good way to highlight Otis as a singles competitor. Yeah, I uh I would I would agree. I, I you know, we've been seeing on SmackDown for a little while those little glitches with like the blue envelope, and you know, just kind of wondering what that was all about. And then the SmackDown before Mania, it all kind of came to a head, and you see that Sonya was behind everything along with Dolph, and they were going behind Mandy's back. And I think that that really that took me for a loop. I'm just saying, you know, all of a sudden I was like, okay, now I see, you know, what really happened. And, then having it all kind of pay off at the end with, you know, Otis and Mandy. And like Smitty said, the match was okay to watch. It wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't terrible or anything. And, um, you know, the fact that they made out and whatever, that was cool, man. I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I like the whole underdog thing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this homely dude, Otis, who, you know, typically you wouldn't see getting with a girl like Mandy. And then all of a sudden, you know, he comes out on top of everything. So why not? Maybe Mandy's crazy and nobody else wants to put up with her. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, you fat motherfucker. You can tell Z's married. <laughs> so you want to hear the petty thing I did this morning? This is great. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Put it up there. I'm going to go grab a beer while you're talking. All right. So I had to take a morning shit. That's why I was late to the meeting. <laughs> and my my wife never uh, replaces the the toilet paper roll, so just to spite her, I wipe my ass with paper towels. So now she has to go get it the next time she uses the bathroom. My God, man! <laughs> <laughs> that, is some, that is some raw ass shit, literally. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You asshole! I love you. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, we've missed your opinion on the show, and we're so happy to have you. Um, Otis and Ziggler, how did you feel about it? 
Um, I didn't watch a lot of the build. I saw like highlights of it. I knew what was going on. I read about it, whatever I didn't see. Um, I mean, it was entertaining. Um, it, you know, it was your classic, like, uh, rom-com storybook ending, you know, <laughs> the underdog guy, the good guy gets the girl, you know, shit, like shit that would never happen in real life. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it has, but here's the thing. I think the perfect ending for the, what's that? They're, they're dating real life they're dating in real dating. life are they really that's awesome <laughs> it, had the, it had the perfect ending for the build it was, it, yeah i mean for for wwe style uh soap opera store soap opera storylines um it had the brought, path that everybody wanted so and they brought back gtv for this i, I give them a thumbs up on that one actually and that's the thing like look WWE will put on wrestling classics like Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. A great, hardcore, well-told, inside-the-ropes, story-built match. And then at the same time, they're going to give you something just like it was put out. Soap opera-esque, rom-com style, guy finally gets the girl type of build that's just about the entertainment. But feel-good entertainment with proper ending. I'm not saying they do this right the majority of the time. I'm not no, saying this, they this do it right. This one they did right. Yeah, they but the best part right, about it is really good. Go the ahead, best see. part about this storyline is they actually gave it time to develop so it would be really good. It's been going on since before the Royal Yeah, Rumble. they don't really do that anymore either, man. Right. So, but when you give a storyline time to develop, the payoff is always going to be better. Which I have to admit, this is, I want to say, probably one of the best mid-card storylines they have built and ran with in a very long time. They've done some great stuff with the main event, but back when wrestling, you, uh, when we talk about the golden age of wrestling for us, you know, being added to Ruthless Aggression era, the mid-card was built really highly around things, and it had great outcomes and great build, which then carried to make you care more about that mid-card person when they finally made it to the main event. And that's something that they did really well here. And props to Dolph Ziggler, props to Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, and Otis. And let's not forget Tucker in all of this because that last match on SmackDown before WrestleMania where Tucker went with Ziggler, he sold his ass off and then again did it as well on the SmackDown following. Yeah, and, and that and storyline got five people, you know, noticeable attention, like yeah. which is the best part about the whole thing. It's not right. just and two people. Like There's a whole bunch that got brought to the spotlight because of this angle. And hopefully with this, like, look, there, it, nobody is pretending that Mandy Rose is a uh, savant in the ring, okay? But well, she's not? You mean she's <laughs> not? Hopefully her chemistry with Sonya Deville, when this finally culminates with them two fighting each other, hopefully that chemistry comes out to where it is be- – it gives us a good match to watch. Not a great clinic, but a good match to watch where we're not going, oh, geez, why is she doing that move? If it's anything like their TikTok dance videos, it'll be all right. I agree. Their TikTok dance I mean, videos. They're, they're very in sync on those. I don't know how, how much they practice, but when they actually hit record, they do well. Well, because loneliness is killing them. <laughs> <laughs> According to Britney Spears. According to Britney Spears. 
Um, okay, last match I want to talk about is something that they have been doing and building and constantly going with, and it just seems like it's still taking forever, even though it's not as annoying this time around. Uh, Bailey with the title, uh, you know, running with it for as long as she has. Um, but the whole Sasa Banks Bailey thing, um, Joe, where are you standing with this right now? With the match and then the storyline building, uh, underlying storyline. Honestly, I'm not invested. I haven't been paying a lot of attention to that storyline, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> I can't argue. I can't argue. I told you I, I haven't been watching uh, religiously <laughs> as much as I used to, you know. How dare you think, Jesus? Oh, <laughs> damn it. All right, uh, Nick. Um, I'm done with Bailey. She's had the title <laughs> for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Z. Short and to the point. I like it. <laughs> Again, this is one of those things where the, the way they're doing the storyline this time around is the way they should have done it originally. And then people actually would have cared the first 30 times they turned on each other. Um, <clears throat> they're actually giving it time to develop. I Obviously, it, it's leading up to a one-on-one Sasha and Bailey. I'm going to guess SummerSlam. And then Sasha will take the belt. So, Nick, don't worry. She's losing the belt pretty fucking soon. Thank fucking God. (laughs) (laughs) Smitty. I'm all right with Bailey pretending for right now. Of course you are. No, because honestly, I get that you want to try to get Lacey Evans over. But Lacey Evans is almost like Braun Strowman when it comes to getting title shots at this point. Can we talk about how bad he is, bro? No, 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 no. Like, like, <laughs> so, so, what is like? This is now her what? Her fourth attempt at a women's championship now. Okay. Yeah, but Braun Strowman's a, a freaking cartoon, man. I wouldn't say Lacey's a car- uh, cartoon. Really, sassy Southern Belle with the fake accent and everything. That's she's not from North Carolina. That's not fake. <laughs> No, they keep those on a thick ass big accent during her um, during her act. No, she whatever, doesn't, bro. Dude. She is That's not. Funny. She is not anywhere near as cartoonish as Braun. And I, the, the the whole point of having her going into these title matches, you got to remember, Braun was going one on one with a lot of people. Uh, Lacey has been in a lot, involved in a lot of uh, multiple person title matches. It's not like they're throwing her into um, a match one-on-one and then she loses again, or another match one-on-one and then she loses again, and another match one-on-one then she loses again. It's She's been in a lot of group matches that where she the, her side has not, or similar to this, has not come out on top. That doesn't make her look like Braun Strowman who just can't get the job done until cancer comes along for Roman again. Sorry, that was not funny. I should have left with that. You said what? I said I should have chuckled at that. Can't say. But no, that's that's. I mean, it's not like cancer actually came back. But it's he, he, he's not fighting. I for, get his weakened immune you know, system, right? But it's, it's, so it makes sense that he's out of this. But that's the reason why Braun was thrown into this, and they had to get the belt off of Goldberg because they weren't going to pay Goldberg any further when the company's like hemorrhaging money right now because of all of this stuff that's going down. You know, 
So you have to get it off. You have to put it on someone. We picked Braun. It's the only fucking reason he won that goddamn belt. Period. Yeah, they would have put that belt on anybody. <laughs> yeah, they just happened to have Braun available. They should have let, let Goldberg keep it, especially after what I saw on Friday night. And Braun without a crowd is not entertaining. It will not be your champion for very fucking long. Braun has never been entertaining, at least in my eyes. Like, without Martin, here, I'm, I'm, like, I'm with but I'm saying without even without people, it's worse because then you can physically see how bad he is. That's why I messaged the group and I was like, if they're going to give him a lengthy title ring, he needs a mouthpiece because this is awful. Yeah, Braun's never ever been entertaining to me ever, except for me laughing at him and not with him. Yeah, I, I think Braun is. He's just terrible to me. I just he's never entertained me ever. Yeah, it, it's a weird thing. Like when he first came out, and I'm not, I'm talking when he first broke out from the Wyatt family, I thought Braun had a lot of potential, a lot of good build in him. And then they just kept, it, it, it was one of those things where it was very similar to Roman, but in a different way. Um, it, it just like, be like Baron Corbin as a heel, they were trying to push Braun as this monster. And it was like coming to the point where, as entertaining as some things may have seen, it continued to go over the top. So it became a parody of itself. It wasn't, it wasn't anything that you could truly take seriously anymore. You just kind of laughed and joked, you know, yeah. Yeah, And that's the thing. It was like, it was happening every other week. There was some stupid feat of strength that this guy is doing. And it's like, okay, sure. I'm kind of done with this now. It wasn't like random, like Austin with all of the vehicles, right? Think about it. All of those things, the cement truck, the beer truck, the Zamboni, these things, the, the, uh, um, the fucking, you know, grave digger, whatever, uh, the monster truck where he ran over the rocks car and everything like that. Those vehicle moves weren't every other week. You would see them maybe once or twice a year and it would build for why you wanted to see it. it and they were organic. It was, it was actually yeah. real. He was actually driving a Zamboni down to the ring. There was actually right. cement being poured into a car. Braun is not really tipping over a fucking semi truck. And it's just like, dude. It's, wait, it's, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me he didn't really tip that semi truck? Wait, that did Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry, the guys. Fuck, the man? Easter Bunny isn't real either. <laughs> Whoa, the kid. <laughs> <laughs> that kid seems pretty woke to me, so. <laughs> They ruined Easter, you bastard. What? <laughs> I'm Jewish. There is no Easter. <laughs> <laughs> that dude never came back in my book. Touché. Touché. <laughs> Nick's like, really glad I have this headphone in right now. Really glad I have this AirPod in right now. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he actually doesn't. <laughs> I can hear all of you. <clears throat> all right. It's fine. So, Smitty, I'll start with J-O-E. you. J-O-E. <laughs> Smitty, I'll start with you. Which night of WrestleMania was the better night to you? And what do you rate uh, each night? I put them on par. They still they were both like 3.5 to me. Okay. Nick? It's hard to argue that, honestly. Um, I think I enjoyed night one a little more, so maybe 3.6 and then 3.5 for night two. <laughs> okay. Z? What is this, uh, a five-point scale? Yeah, five-point scale. Uh, I give both fours. Okay. Joe? Uh, both threes. 
right. Uh, when I was originally watching this, I thought they were both on the same uh, level, but I went and watched both of them back. And I truly feel I got more entertainment out of night two than I did night one because I really enjoyed Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. I really enjoyed the Firefly Funhouse. The, the last man standing match was something that definitely pulled away from things, but everything else in between was good. Um, so I, I give night two a four and I give and I still stick with my three for night one. So I think night two was better overall, uh, for me. Now, the next thing that we want to talk about is NXT. Uh, the next big thing that happened this week was the ending of the Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa feud in a match that was not no, it was no disqualification, like no holes barred, things like that. They wrestled all around, uh, the performance center, a little area to the outside on top of a truck as well. <laughs> um, very much taken in uh, a lot of different things out there. Um, Nick, I'll start with you. Did you watch it? First off, has everyone watched NXT? I, I did. have not. Oh, let me. No. Yeah, I, I just actually, I had that match on right now in the background as we were talking. So I, I, uh, I was, I caught some of it, but not, Paying real close attention to it. All right, so we'll start I with Z. Everything, up, everything else up until that. Okay, so Z. Um, but I saw the finish. I saw the finish. All right. Uh, Z, your thoughts on that match and the ending of this feud? Okay. I 100% thought that the car was going to blow up at the end of the match, and it would have been, like, the perfect time for WWE to do it. Every other time they did it, it was not a good time to do it. This would have been <laughs> perfect because Johnny's – yeah, I'll go, you know, hobbling out to the car going, I win, I win. And then, you know, he gets in the car, starts up the car, car blows up and Chapa pops up and goes, no, I win. My problem with that is that's two callbacks to Benoit in th- four days. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> because yeah. the car blew up for Vince and then Benoit went nuts. You know, so <laughs> and then yep, four days before that was a cable that was a cable gym reference. Yep. <laughs> right. I mean, well, they could finally do the cable gym reference because you know Dark Side of the Ring exposed it for what it really was. <laughs> All right, so tell me about the match. Z. Uh the match was what match were we talking about again? Oh, that one. Got it. Uh, <laughs> that was a really good match. Uh they took a lot of the, the cinematic things they used over the weekend for WrestleMania. They they used in this match as well. Um, the angles and the the cuts during the match definitely. I mean, you, it it made it feel realer and faker at the same time. If that makes sense, like the angles were good, but they were good because like. Um, it kind of looked fake because you didn't get like the back end of the angle. I don't know how to explain that, but they fought all over the building. It was way better than the last man standing match. It didn't seem like it took forever and it took about 40 minutes that this one went about 40, 45. Yeah. Minutes. I thought it was like the whole last half of NXT. I thought yeah, it was babe. an hour. Yeah, well, 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 you got to remember like uh, commercials and shit. I, when I watched, I watched it straight through. It was like 44 minutes, I think. Okay. But yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch it today. Yeah, it's uh it's really good. Um Nick, sorry, I'm about to spoil it. No, it's fine. When Candace comes in and kicks Johnny in the nuts, I was like, "Ooh, all right." 
I didn't even see it coming. Like that all of a sudden, that all of a sudden, and then this uh, back to the camera angles and this thing, this is what makes it so good is you do all this hovering around uh, Chompa and you don't see anyone behind him. And then, and then as he's going to do the, the finishing move, all you see is a foot in his dick, like nothing else. And then, you know, it pans out to Candace. So it was a good way. To, I mean, she turned heel. They ended the feud. Now I'm not happy about the way they ended the feud. I'm sure Ciampa won't be either, and this will be like how he gets fired from NXT. Smitty. First thing I thought was, thank God somebody finally wore a fucking cup. <laughs> and then he put it in his face. There's a national pandemic, and he put his cup in Ciampa's face. Yeah, he got he got a, he got an uh, impromptu Bronco Buster. So, uh, first thing I thought was like, oh, wow, somebody fucking wore a cup. An impromptu Bronco Buster. What are you talking about? Dick to the face. Okay. But um, <laughs> it was it was like it was interesting. Like, I feel like it was interesting way. Like I agree with the whole cinematic. Uh, the way it was shot, like a cinematic match. Uh, I like the callback to the extra. Lots of their finishes they've done with some of the previous stuff as well. Throughout the match, and, um. Johnny going over. I'm I'm all right with Johnny going over. As long as you keep like this is done, it's done. Like I think we are kind of tired of this whole Johnny Gargano chopper thing anyway. Nope. No, me so, neither. Yeah, I, here's here's why I'm not tired of it. Um because it was it, it does seem like they've had a lot of matches, but the problem is their injuries have caused them to stop everything that was going on, an injury on either side of them. So the fact that this was built up as their final match and ended like it couldn't be their final match um, is something that I'm okay with just for the simple fact that um, is while they have had a lot of matches, there's been enough time in between them because of um, injuries that it hasn't seemed like it's been shoved down our throats or too much uh, over a short span of time. So that's why I'm okay with that. Um, I love this match. I wish we, if we would have had a takeover, this match would have been the match of the weekend. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, nothing better as wrestling wise, uh, nothing better. Um, storyline wise, emotion wise, everything like that. One of the major things I saw, I don't know if anyone has watched the, uh, one of the newest untolds on the WWE network. It's the it's uh the untold story of the Kurt Angle Shawn Michaels match, yeah at WrestleMania. Um, Gargano is featured a lot in that because he's talking he's talking he's the fan perspective, and then you have Shawn Kurt and Michael Cole from the business perspective of it. <clears throat> and Gargano talks about he goes one of the best things in wrestling that you can do in a match is callbacks because it reward, rewards the loyal viewer and it brings the emotion out of the fans watching that match. And there was a moment when, when Gargano had the chair, when he was like, what about these injuries? Oh, your ACL? Boom. And he goes, oh, your neck? Boom. Oh, your uh, shoulder? Boom. And it was it was because I watched that match first and then I watched Untold last night. And I was like, wow, I totally see – because Gargano would say, you, you're looking at this and you're wondering it from a fan's perspective, but from a performer's perspective, once you get into it, you see the psychology behind it. And the psychology that they put into this match going over and above and beyond was something that was wonderful. 
to watch as a fan who has watched this storyline progress. I can't give enough uh, praise to Gargano and Champa, especially like you said, Z, with that ending, because it was Swerve City. And then Gargano going, oh, the trophy case is getting a little small, might have to build another one. And then he posted on Twitter and he had his uh, four uh, NXT awards, his NXT title belts with the side. And, the cup. and then the cup was right there next to the NXT championship. And I was like, fucking bravo, Johnny Gargano, because he's still selling it, still going well on social media. But, really happy with it. But I'm wondering, like, where they're going to go with this storyline? Because now that you involve Candice, Candice might get fired from NXT because it was supposed to just be Johnny and Ciampa. Like, that was mm-hmm. it. Like, just you two, blah, blah, blah. There were some things I did not like about that match. And it was more so when Triple H drops down the chair and he says, Drake's only here to, you know, raise one of your hands or, you know, decide who the winner is or whatever, right? And yep. then he leaves. Which basically means this match is non-sanctioned, no hold barred, all, all that shit. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Right. So why is the ref yelling at them not to do stuff? I will agree with that. I agree with that because I felt like it was one of those points where the ref was too involved. Yes. I did. I mean, I see why they had him a little more involved because they did have him do some bumping. Yeah. But at the same time, like throughout the whole match, he's like, no, no. You know, hey T, get down or don't do that. Like, no, yeah, dude, his neck, his neck, you're going directing. too far. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're not supposed to be, you know, directing the match. You're supposed to just tell me when one of them is dead. <laughs> right. Yep. Agreed. Wholeheart. I 100% agree with you on that one. Um, next thing I want to talk about. We talked a lot about this uh, last week. Um, the coronavirus pandemic is obviously changing the way the wrestling world is working right now. Every state is now on a stay home order. Uh, Every state in the United States, in the United States, there's obviously things going on in other countries, but let's just talk about the United States. Everything's on a stay home order and things like that. But WWE uh, released a statement. uh, Well, they said that they're still going to be doing live shows. They're still going to be doing live shows without a crowd for raw NXT and SmackDown, which Changes uh, a lot of what we're thinking. Um, WWE put out a statement today that said, we believe it is now more important than ever to provide people with a diversion from these hard times. We are producing content on a closed set with only essential personnel in attendance, following appropriate guidelines while taking additional precautions to ensure the health and wellness of our performers and staff. As a brand that has been woven into the fabric of society, WWE and its superstars bring families together and deliver a sense of hope, determination, and perseverance. Now that sounds really good, but there were talents at SmackDown that weren't used. So I'm not sure why they're considered essential. WWE just had a performer who is now recovered from it, but had the coronavirus and and had become had to come out of it and everything like that. They are fine now, them and their friend. No one's really talking about who it was. Uh, Didn't Bobby Lashley have it? I, Wasn't it the Miz? There's a lot I heard of, there's Dana Brooke. <laughs> there's a lot of people oh, talking about sicknesses. Um, all of them. It, all of them yeah. had it. One had it, now they all have it. Right. So, especially when you're bringing in people that aren't being used on television. 
or you, how are you saying that you're only of, uh, doing it on a closed set with essential personnel? It doesn't sound like some of these people are essential if you're not using them on television. Joe, I'm going to start with you. Um, how do you feel about WWE going ahead with these live shows? And do you think that they're honestly doing it the right way? Or they're just saying, or we're just getting a smoke and mirror thing and they're doing whatever they want. Um, I appreciate uh, live TV over pre-tapes. You know, like a lot of Ring of Honor TV is taped weeks in advance and you know you pretty much already know what's happening before you see it. NWA does a good job about keeping it under wraps. Uh, but So I appreciate the aspect of things being live, but and that's why they're saying they're doing it. Um, but I think the real reason they're doing it is to, uh, you know, they've got a contract. They've got contracts with USA and Fox to produce live TV. And I don't think Vince wants to give them any reason to not pay them for producing live TV. So rather than producing a month's worth of TV over a weekend, he's flying people in and out every week and uh, people aren't, happy about that do you think that he's flying people in and out or they're still doing this all on their own dime if they well, don't yeah, yeah. Florida? maybe i worded that wrong he's making people fly in and out every week whether he's that's on his dime or theirs i don't know all right uh zeke yeah how do you feel about this <laughs> yeah uh, yeah <laughs> tell me um, about them continuing with shows, yeah, yeah, Leave whatever. Yeah, I was hungry. Leave me alone. <laughs> whatever. Dude. I'm still out there working, so you know they're still out there working. Have at it. But you're still out there working, like you said, by yourself. It's you. It's not not you and other people that are like literally right on top of you sweating because you're doing a wrestling match. I mean, I, I believe they're following the rules because if they weren't, some whistleblower will come out and then they'll get in even more trouble. Like, you know what uh, I mean? Nick. You know, I don't know what the regulations are in the state of Florida as far as how many people you can have and what's essential, what's not. It's uh, I mean, four, it's it four per billion dollars. So <laughs> as long as Vince pays them off, they're good. Well, you know, like here, I saw the other day, grocery stores, for instance, you can have, they can have four people for every thousand square feet. So Unless it, you, you know, go to Meyer, <laughs> Dude, I went you know, to Meyer two days in a row and it, it's fucking packed. They're just letting anybody in. Yeah, oh, yeah Meyer, they're, they're not abiding to that. In. Yeah, because I I drove by Target first, and like they had a line, uh, and I was like, oh, "Fuck that! I ain't waiting in line." <laughs> I went to Meyer instead. That's what I did. That's exactly what I did. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There, uh, if you want to look at the the grand scheme of things, are they essential? No, wrestling isn't essential. But I get their point that they're trying to, you know, entertain people through this crazy yeah, but, time dude, and. It's some form of entertainment is essential, dude. It can, yeah, no, it can't yeah. Be consuming doom and gloom twenty four seven. That's that's you know, only gonna be my so next. That was going to be my next point. If you know, if they're trying to provide this, that's a service to people. That's entertainment. There's nothing live right now. Everything is taped. Everything is a show, or it's the fucking news. So 
you know, I ain't mad at him for it. Smitty. Hey, I gotta uh, pretty much just say, um, I, like, like, thumbs up to Vince Tenacity with the whole show must go on mentality. So, but, like, um, it's like, and I, I agree with Nick, like, there needs to be something, Joe, like, there needs to be something live that's not the news. Uh, do I feel like they're, like, do I feel like they're doing the right thing? On a personal note, yes, from a person that is pretty much helping his grandmother out during this time. No, because you're putting a lot of people at risk. But hey. So, so do you guys think and they and they're they're going they're going about it. So you guys think uh if this shit gets extended through May that money in the bank will still go on and just be an empty crowd again? Yep. It's exactly what it's gonna be. Money because that's what, May 12th? Yeah, money in the bank's going on no matter what. If they're, until somebody tells them that they can't have uh, a certain amount of people somewhere, um, everybody's, every state's stay at home order is different. Uh, Florida seems to be the most fucked up because they're even talking about letting kids go to school sooner than anything because no one under 25 has uh, died from this. And it's like, Wait, what, Governor? Uh, a couple people from under 25 have died from this. He's like, no, I mean in Florida was his next day callback. It's like, sir, <laughs> you can't <laughs> just switch it up to make it fit your narrative. You're not. You realize anyway. Florida's a total of people in America. So what? Florida, I consider Florida a total of people in America. Yes. So I think that's why WWE is definitely getting away with this more and possibly AEW. Because we don't even know what the hell is going on with AEW with all of this. Because we know that they have pre-taped a lot of things up until their next pay-per-view. So we'll see. How come they're, they do- uh, they're letting Vince and, and Tony Khan have wrestling, but they're not letting Dana White have fighting? Oh, he's going to be Shane Sung. What's that? Dana White's going to be Shane Sung. He's got a spine. He's buying an island. But, but I, heard, I heard that. Um. I would say it's probably because at least in professional wrestling, you like the only blood you saw blood. in WrestleMania. What, the only thing we saw in blood with WrestleMania was when Undertaker accidentally fucked his arm up. Right? And who knows if that was even real or not? No, it's totally real. Everyone, it was the second take that they took with it, and the second take he busted his arm up, and so they said, "Okay, we're going with that because one, it looked cool, and two, it wouldn't match the rest of the." Yeah. yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can't go with anything else. Um, yeah, that was weird to hear that that match was shot from like 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Anyway, going back to this, so UFC obviously is a sport that quite often makes people bleed, like almost every match. Um, yeah, so I was just saying, WWE can control and uh, AEW can control the blood better. Right. Well, and except, so except not, for Britt Breaker's nose this Wednesday, but accidents yeah. will happen, but. In general, they can control. By the way, the best women's match that AEW ever put on. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. And I love Kyra Sheen and Britt Baker in the ring. Yeah. Um. So I don't remember where I was going with this. Um, WWE are they being responsible about continuing yeah. live shows? Right. So, in my opinion, in my honest opinion of someone who has had this virus dealt with some of the harsher uh things 
I, I think I feel like WWE is being a little um, lax with this, only because if you're trying to tell me that you have essential personnel, and then I find out or it comes out that there are people who weren't even in matches that were talent brought in on SmackDown. I don't believe you anymore on this essential personnel stuff. Well, were they? Were they okay? So were they pre-taping or no? No, SmackDown was live. Was live. Yeah, this week. Okay. Going to be NXT that, well, is going to all be. I can, all I can think is. Okay, all I can think of is if it was pre-taped, then it explains why there's extra personnel back there. But you never know. Like maybe there's an extra person for each match because if somebody gets hurt, you got to. You know, especially if you're live, you got to switch it up on the fly, right? So, I mean, I'm not saying they're right, but I understand why they have more people than what they need. Because what if something happens? If somebody gets hurt in a match, though, it's you're not substituting somebody into that match. You're, that match is ending early, so then the other stuff that you have going on usually goes a little bit longer. That's just how they've always worked it. When you're bringing a bunch of talent in for TV and you're keeping them there in a regular environment, I get it. You need to have a much more stricter feel of what you're doing going into that show. That show needs to be decided a day before so you know which talent you're calling in and to keep going. The problem is Vince will switch shit up an hour before the show our or during the show. or during yeah. the show, which is yeah. why they have extra people. <laughs> but that's and what I'm saying is that you're no longer doing things on a normal level. It's not normal. It's not essential. You're doing things and you're going, okay, maybe. No, you need to have right. a plan but, set in place. But, but hear me out here. It's WWE. They have money. the The talent they are using have all probably been tested on a weekly basis before they get called. Well, whatever, but again, daily basis. But that doesn't matter because this is a disease that you can have and have no symptoms. And right, but the test would still say you have it. The test would still say you have it. No, right? no, no, they're like, not they, testing. People are doing a temperature test. Come in that day. Here, take. let me take your temperature. Oh, oh no, see, I'm, I'm talking about them. T- they, it's WWE. They have money, so they should... Have them all tested, like 100% tested to know whether or not they have it, whether they're a carrier, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Not just here, put this under your armpit for a minute. Let's see what it says. Right. But as far as I know, that minute long test and here, and that's the other problem. Why is WWE getting all of these tests then? If that's what they're doing. But that's what I'm saying. Because money. That's why. But that's that's what's fucked up. If you're telling me this is why that people who have these symptoms aren't getting tested, we're going to stay out of the politics thing. So therefore, it's now affecting the things that should be going the proper way that aren't going the proper way because they're performing. I don't think WWE needs to go on right now. I honestly, truly believe that this is a problem. That they are continuing something like at least AEW is taped to like the middle of May. WWE is doing live shows, not using everybody involved. If they're doing the testing rather than the temperature test, they're taking away essential needs for people who can't get tested, and it's becoming a problem. This is right, not on. something that's necessary. What if WWE was going to go pre-tape, but then Roman pulled out of WrestleMania, so they had to redo everything? WWE taped everything after Roman pulled out. Oh, no, I'm just, okay, that's fine. Yeah. 
I'm I'm just throwing out narratives. See what sticks. Smitty, what was that noise? That was the, he said after Roman pulled out. I go, yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a Peter Griffin laugh. Okay, I get it. I get it. Um, should have done a Cleveland laugh. Now, 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 now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nasty. All right, let's get away from the the WWE ongoing daily thing and go into something that they did a couple days ago that might lead to be one of the best things ever happen for a tag team. A uh, not AEW. WWE finally released the revival. The revival are now free agents. We don't know where they're going to go. There's a lot of speculation, obviously, that they're going to go to AEW. But AEW just pulled in uh, Brody Lee. They just pulled in Matt Hardy. Um, the revival. The, what? Lance Archer. I'm, I'm talking about yeah. All okay. So the revival leaves. They change their name, but they're not really changing the name because they trademarked FTR for the longest time, right? So they can easily go in. At, we all know what FTR means. It means forever the revival for them. Fuck the revival for uh, being the elite. Um, so they have an FTR Pro Wrestling T store already. They uh, Dawson did trademark filings of no flips, just fists. Say yeah, top guys, shatter machine, and hashtag FTRKO. Um, they've also shown pulled out to have their names changed as Scott Dawson is now going to be Dax Harwood and uh, Dash Wilder is Cash Wheeler. Um, four names, it's not just me. <laughs> yep, that's you, but uh, um, so but. They got released. They they weren't done with their contract. They got released, so they still got to wait ninety days before they can go anywhere, right? No, uh, I read there's a no. Com- uh, there's 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 not there a no, no, no compete clause for them. That, yeah, that's right. WWE in their wording when they uh, released a statement, they said the immediate release. Yeah. Uh, so here's the report that's on WrestlingInc.com. Uh, WWE announced yesterday the immediate release of the revival. Their contracts were originally set to expire this month. Wilder was expected to be extended until mid-June due to missed time from previous injuries. Obviously, WWE decided to move on from the duo who have been looking to leave the company for some time now. The tag team is not under a 90-day no-compete clause, so if the rumors are true about them heading to AEW, it could happen sooner than expected. Uh, as noted, Wilder filed to, tra- the, to trademark the name Cash Wheeler last month. He also owns the following trademarks related to the team. No flips, just fists. Say yeah, top guys, shatter machine, FTRKO, and hashtag FTR. Uh, Cash Wheeler is now the name of his Twitter handle, so that looks to be his post-WWE name. Uh, Dawson also made those files, and the duo added a farewell TR shirt to the FTR uh, Pro Wrestling Tea Store. Um, Z, we'll start with you on this. Uh, what is your hope for this team where do you think they should go as what you think might be the best thing for them in a company that they go to okay so there's two places i want them to go first i want them to go to nwa because they are the old school tag team varsity jackets towels like everything they do is old school tag team going to tall back to tall and arn so I, I think they would they would do well in NWA. Um, 
And it doesn't seem like NWA is signing people to like long-term contracts. So they could probably go do stuff there, get their new name or whatever out there and then go to AEW. But um, I like to see, see them in either one because again, that with the old school feel they have as a tag team, they would fit right in in NWA. And as far as AEW, AEW is heavy on their tag team division, so they would also succeed there as well. Uh, Smitty. See, I agree. I, I think NWA would be the best place for them. Like, like, like as you said, um, that they're that old school type of team, and NWA is like a better fit than AEW at this time. But then also being affiliated with uh, NWA, that we get some exposure on uh, ROH as well. Because from, if I remember, NWA and ROH have a working relationship. So um, that would um, so I think that would be cool. It's like they'll get exposed with Ring of Honor, NWA, and then eventually make their way to AEW after they get themselves established outside of the WWE. All right, Joe. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much the same. Uh, like they could, uh, you know, they could work in NWA while working other places. Uh, same thing in AEW, but eventually they got to go to AEW. They, there's already been so much storyline built up just on uh, being the elite and everything and the whole fuck the revival thing that, I mean, people are clamoring for that. So they're eventually going to want to see Young Bucks versus Re- Revival and uh, maybe uh, Cody and Dustin versus Revival, stuff like that. So they, they eventually... I think it's a given that they kind of have to end up in AEW at some point. All right. Uh, Nick. You know, I agree with uh, what mostly everybody is saying. I like the idea of them going to NWA because, excuse me, they do have that old school vibe. Um, I would like to see them go to AEW eventually, if not immediately, because of the fact that they have this thing going to Young Bucks. But, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried with more and more of um, all this talent going over to AEW because the same issues they were running into WWE, they may not run into right now, but they could run into down the line with AEW where there's they, they have no use for them and they're just kind of hanging out because AEW is like, fuck it, get them and get them and get them and get them. And then you're just going to have them ride the bench, you know. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but it's concerning. So, right. Um, I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. I don't want them to go to AEW. While I think AEW's tag team division is stacked right now, that's the problem. AEW's tag team division is stacked right now. So AEW is going to fall into the way I truly believe that WWE falls into. You have all this talent, and eventually some people aren't going to be used, and it's going to be bad for that talent. I think I, when Smitty said it earlier, I uh, fully agreed. NWA is probably, the, it is to me, the smartest place for them to go because, one, you can work other places. Two, it's a once every other couple months schedule, so you can go to all these other places. But I think if you really want to see something bridge the division between AEW and everything else, you put the revival in Ring of Honor. Marty Skrull is already trying his best to do a combination of wrestling leagues. ROH has been involved with NWA. ROH, Marty Skrull has been said that he is trying to bring in stuff 
with uh, AEW and New Japan and stuff so they can, everything outside of WWE can coexist. Obviously, hard like feelings the are still there. Yeah, obviously, hard feelings are still kind of there with Ring of Honor and AEW. And Marty and Chris Jericho are trying to rebuild relationships between yeah. you know, Ring of Honor and AEW and also AEW and New Japan. I think there's some hard feelings with Kenny and the way he left and stuff. Right. But and like, yeah. But and that's the real and problems that are going on. To be like uh, ambassadors for all three of those brands to work together. And then of course that you have the uh, if the revival go to Ring of Honor or something like that, that's now major entities that a lot of people want to see combined. A lot of people want to see the revival versus the Young Bucks to the point where that's a main event of a pay-per-view. And if you put the revival on Ring of Honor, I honestly feel like all of these problems Ring of Honor is having financially and everything like that start to kind of go away because the revival are a team that brings numbers, that brings eyes, that brings people to a show. And I honestly feel that the, the best thing for the wrestling business is Ring of Honor getting the revival? You know, yeah, what I'm saying? I, love to see revival I thought I almost thought Ring of Honor was on their way out, but I think that if and when we ever bounce back from this pandemic thing, I think Ring of Honor is going to be a player again with a uh, girl at the helm. And uh, I've already before this whole pandemic thing started, I've been reading some stuff how they were planning on making some big moves. So I hope that's still the case after business gets back to normal. Yes, I agree with you. Whole whole wrestling needs Ring of Honor, dude. I agree. I fully uh agree because you need to, you need to see the way things are moving and brought around and everything like that. Um I guess that's it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. There's not uh anything else is just kind of elongating the show. We're basically at the last 10 minutes right here. So we're going to go ahead and uh, say our goodbyes. Um, let me give you guys an order for how to say the goodbyes. It's going to be Joe, Z, Nick, Smitty, me. Okay? That's that's good when we do the goodbyes. <laughs> Since right at the beginning, Nick and Smitty just said it at the exact same time. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go to BreakingDownTheRing.com. You can find all of our social medias. Check out all, uh, our merch right there, BreakingDownTheRing.com. Takes you to our Facebook, our Twitter, our official merchandise page, our YouTube. Make sure you like, make sure you follow, make sure you subscribe to all of that stuff because obviously we're still active as much as possible. Not sure exactly what the weeks ahead are going to be coming in for us, but if you go to BreakingDownTheRing.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, you'll definitely be kept in the loop for sure. We are your ring crew. Whole fucking Joe. <clears throat> Z. Nick the Spick. And the human duplex machine, dump machine, Smitty. The human, human duplex? Duplex? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, two families live inside of you? Well, the <laughs> duplex. That, that's, that's what he said. The human duplex machine. Nice. All right. And me, the ring crew champion, once again, the almighty one, Mikey himself. Thank you so much for watching. Shut up, Nick. I mean, the all immune one. The all immune one, sir. Right. The all a Mikey one. And you can, a Mike and I don't know. I can't bring all that together.
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Correct. thank you so much for watching. Breakingdownthering.com for all that stuff. And we are out.